That's amazing. Well, it's interesting because when you talk about having a dog, your auric field turns gold and bright yellow. When people say you light up a room, they're literally talking about someone's auric field. And I will warn people, it is very sassy. It is very spicy. And the conversations, which some of them are quite, I mean, they're very real. Those are all real conversations I've had with people online. Real empowerment comes from how we respond to our situations. So rather than being in emotional reaction, what are we going to do about the situation? Fuel your dreams, ignite your inspiration. Join us and feel at home here at Fearless Inspiration. Animals will come in and they'll sit on people when I'm working on them. The pet will sit on the person, on the chakra where the person's having the problem. Wow. It's the feeling and the consciousness of nature. There's this thing called forest bathing. It's a term from Japan. They're basically clearing their energy by walking in nature. But this Japan sanctions these forests for that purpose. It's incredible. You go in and you're like, wow, you're just enlivened, inspired, open up. You walk through those. You feel uplifted and inspired and open up about the possibilities of humanity and what we can accomplish. And today's guest is Ariel Hubbard, author, educator, and practitioner in the world of healing arts. Our inspiring chat continues with part two, following on from last week. Join us with Ariel from Seattle now. So I, I like events that somehow dissolve barriers between people, you know, sometimes spontaneously. Can you think of an inspiring event of that type in your life that you can share with us? Well, I was going to talk about working in person with people because, and it's not an event, but I can answer an easy question as a concert. When we can go to concerts again, those are a great way. Music's a great way to dissolve barriers between people because everyone can relate to that. So that's a wonderful thing. Archetypes. Archetypes are energies that everyone can relate to. And so when people get in conversations and everyone's talking about their parents or everyone's talking about their children or everyone's talking about you know, the need to be loved or to share love, those are things that unite people. That's like a conversation more than an event. But like um, going to a museum, art, art transcends boundaries, 100% all the time. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Or being out in nature as well. Those are all things that transcend boundaries. And also giving, like a lot of people in the last two years have done a lot of things to empower and help other human beings. And I mean, there's so many different things. Like a factory would, you know, stop what they were producing and then convert over to making PPE, right? Yes. Or- People in government would work on a bill to get money to people who needed it. Those are all events, right, that took place. So I've seen a lot of that. I found it very inspiring. People deciding, like celebrities deciding to put on concerts online so people could have access to their music. And it wasn't just a financial thing because they're not making a lot of money doing that. They just did that to help people. I thought that was pretty cool, you know, and um, the good people of Zoom. (laughs) Making it possible for my kid to go to school online because I'm sure they had to do a lot of behind the scenes technical work to make it possible for hundreds of millions of people to get on there every single day. Yeah, there's so many already there that, you know, maybe I was missing. Yeah, thank you. Right. I mean, I'm sure they had to scramble to deal with the demand of all those people coming on and using their service. So that's another example. Yeah, that's good. And I think I saw somewhere that you do healing for pets as well. Is that right? I do. I do. And I have other people who specialize in it, but I do do that. So 
What's fascinating about, and I have a colleague and I, we do a podcast together and she actually has her own pod and then she has me on. And we're also on Clubhouse once a month, usually the first Thursday of the month around 10 o'clock, sometimes 1030. And it's called, what do I call that? Healing for pets and people usually. Okay. And people can also do a search with my name. So my first name is spelled A-R-I-E-L, like the Tempest, or dare I say, Little Mermaid. Okay. My gosh. It's from Shakespeare, not not Disney. So, but that's how people remember it. And then Hubbard, like old Mother Hubbard. And so people can do a search for me, I'm sure. But healing with pets and people. And we talk about our stories about how we do healing work. So, like uh, pets, pets are they're empaths and they feel people's energy and they definitely need support because what happens is they absorb the energy from their caretaker or their steward or their guardian. And so they need to be cleared energetically as well. So I work with them. I use um, Reiki and HRT. HRT is one of my modalities that I created. And then my colleague, she does a lot of work with them as well. My colleague, Vicki Draper, she's amazing. And if people ever go to my LinkedIn profile, they'll see links to that pod. If they want to hear about that as well, they'll see those links and they can click on that and listen to that, or they can join us at Clubhouse. I love that. And so the similar kind of modality that you've created, well, it seems to work on, on the animals in a similar fashion, does it? Totally. Well, think about it. So animals are mammals. Yep. They have chakras too. Who knew? They have meridians like we do. They have auric fields like we do. So if there's a distortion or disruption in the flow of energy, that can cause physical symptoms for them, just like it does for human beings. So if you restore the flow of the energy, you clear out imbalances, you calibrate energy structures and how they flow energy with each other. You harmonize those structures. They experience wellness. It's quite amazing. Animals have emotions and they do experience things like anxiety and depression. That isn't just something we make up. It's actually true. I don't know if you know this, but they do have psychosomatic meds for animals. Oh, wow. They have antidepressants and anti-anxiolytics for animals in the medical world. Yep. There are animal meds, there are, wow. but in the energy medicine side, we work with the same structures and being because they're mammals too. We, we have the same structures. They're just in different places, right? Because they're quadruped, quadrupeds instead of bipeds, but they have those structures as well. Brilliant. The reason I thought about it is because for me, it's dogs and cats particularly, you know, really bring people together. I went to a sound bath, gong bath thing last night, the first time I've been, and they had this, the people doing it had the tiniest little dog that came and sat with everybody and it just made the energy. Oh, so beautiful. Oh, it's true. Oh no, it's true. It's funny because I did, I interviewed a sound healer on my podcast, Nancy Lesiotis, if people go and listen to that, that's the episode. And she talks about the work she does. But animals will come in and they'll sit on people when I'm working on them. The pet will sit on the person on the chakra where the person's having the problem. Wow. Or they'll sit under the table because chakras are in the front of the body, but they're also in the back of the body. So when someone lies on a massage table, the cat will sit under the table, under the chakra where the person's having the issue. So a lot of times that's how I, I mean, I can see it too, but that's another way for me to know where the person's having the challenge because the pet will try to absorb the negative energy from the person. It's amazing. Sometimes they'll send energy, but a lot of times they're absorbing. It depends on what's happening with the person, or sometimes they're just bringing positive energy into the space, like the dog that was in the sound healing the sound bath that you're experiencing. I'd read that people with pets live longer and I've thought, you know, I, I need to get around to getting a dog. And of course, that's because, you, you know, they, they are the unconditional love 
you know, presence, you know, normally always pleased to see you. And I'm guessing the patting the dog, you know, is kind of a, on a repetitive basis every day has got to, you know, give you some simulation. But I'd never thought of that invisible thing that you've just mentioned. That's amazing. Well, it's interesting because when you talk about having a dog, your auric field turns gold and bright yellow. When people say you light up a room, they're literally talking about someone's auric field on that person when they walk in the room. But I can also, you've heard the expression, oh, you light up when you talk about somebody or someone. That's literally your auric field lit up. And I could see lightness and happiness in your energy field when you're talking about having a dog. I definitely think you should get a dog. Thank you. Right. Okay. Done. Hundred percent. Good done. at it. Yeah. Okay. It's been years, and I've never done it. So, thank you. That's really helpful. Of course. Right. And for people who are already quite inspired, and you know, think they've got that little insight or intuitive step to make sure they turn that into action. Any other things you can add on that? You mean what they need for interaction or inspiration? Well, no. So if they're inspired. But they want right. to, you did mention it before, it was dedication. There were three words, I think. Dedication, discipline, perseverance, following intuition. Thank you. Oh, of course. No, but you do, you need to take action. Let me add to it then. You have to take action. So whatever it is that you get an intuition about, take action on it, do something about it. You know, when something happens in your life that isn't working or isn't as positive as it could be, the question I would be asking you if you contacted me for a session and we were talking, I would say, what are you going to do about it? Because real empowerment comes from how we respond to our situations. So rather than being in emotional reaction, what are we going to do about the situation? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes taking action is letting go, but that's still taking action, (laughs) right? Sometimes you have to let go. And then sometimes you need to do, okay, this situation is upsetting me. What can I do about this situation? And so That's what I always, like the whole pandemic, that was like every day I was thinking about that pretty much every single day. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people were. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you. Right. And now it's time for Quickfire Inspiration. What is your most inspiring film? You know, I'm going to give you something recent because there are a lot of different ones, but I actually, uh, there's a film on Netflix. It's called Countdown. And it's about the first four civilians that went to space. And this billionaire who worked with St. Jude, he wanted to find a way to help inspire other people. And he had this nurse, this nurse who worked for St. Jude. She was a patient in St. Jude as a child. She had a prosthetic and then she ended up becoming a nurse there. And they picked her as the first crew member. And then they picked a woman who had wanted to go to space before, had applied to be an astronaut, did not make it. She got into the program and then they picked a random dude. He's like 45 who donated to St. Jude and they represented different qualities like generosity and caring and compassion and action. I can't remember exactly what their qualities were, but something like that. And then these people had to go through this rigorous, intense training. Like they climbed Mount Rainier. This girl had a prosthetic rod in her leg. She's the first person in space who had a prosthetic in her body. They didn't know how that was going to react, what would happen with that, right? They climbed Mount Rainier. They did all this intensive training, right? And they're civilians. Can you imagine just living your life? Do, do, do. And one day you get a call, hey, you're going to space. And like, you have to give up your entire life, right? Yes. And then, you know, take a risk that something could happen and then train intensively and then go to space. I mean, that's incredible. And they raised, I think they raised like $300 million for St. Jude to help 
you know, children to, you know, get the medical care that they need for cancer and other serious health issues. St. Jude is a hospital. Yes. It's a research hospital and they pay for the money for these kids to get this treatment. So when these people have really serious health problems, St. Jude pays for that. So those families don't have to pay a hundred or $200,000 or whatever pounds or whatever to get medical treatment. So they raised a, a huge amount of money. I mean, I don't know exactly. I'm going to say 300 million. It might've been more. It's amazing. And they also broke the barrier because they were the first civilians and it wasn't quite space. It was the highest level that you could get to before you're in outer space. But still that opens up the business of space travel. And that's a breakthrough for that industry where millions of people are going to be employed by the space industry to send up space tourists you want to get up there. And it also opens our exploration and activity to do more, you know, and to do more space exploration. And I just find that incredibly inspiring. So the film, they showed the film on Netflix right up to the time where they're doing their launch. Then they did their launch and then they showed that whole process. It was amazing. It's very inspiring. I definitely recommend it. It's called Countdown and it's on Netflix, which I'm assuming people could get access to that from other parts of the world as well. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Your most inspiring aspect of nature. Well, I live in a really beautiful place. I live in the Pacific Northwest. So hiking, hiking and getting out on the water or getting out to a lake. It's the feeling and the consciousness of nature. There's this thing called forest bathing. It's a term from Japan. I cannot remember the term in Japanese. But they have state-sanctioned forests where people go. They're basically clearing their energy by walking in nature. That's what they're doing. But this Japan sanctions these forests for that purpose. It's incredible. And just getting out and communicating with the trees, definitely hugging the trees, people. Hug trees. You will feel better. <laughs> It's true. Thanks for giving us permission. I have done it a couple of times, but not yeah, you've given me more permission to do it more often. Your most inspiring aspect of design or style? Design. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. There are some museums. Museum architecture, actually. I don't even want to just say one. A lot of museum architecture is inspirational to me. Everything from neoclassicism that you'll see in a European museum design to something really modern. I think it's in Paloma, Spain, that incredible art museum that's there. Well, in Seattle, it used to be called the EMP Museum. Now they changed the name to a different name, but it's right next to the Space Needle in Seattle. It's an ultra modern, really wild and crazy building. There's the Walt Disney Concert Hall in Los Angeles. Okay. That has a beautiful design as well. I, well, I enjoy art. Architecture, I find, I mean, I think most architects are aware, even Western architects are aware that the way that you place structures influences human consciousness. Now in China, that's called feng shui, right? Or feng shui. But in the West, they didn't have a name for it. They just talk, talk about inspiration. But what they didn't call it the flow of the chi through the building because they didn't have that awareness, but that's what it is. So when you go into an airy, uplifting, like there's a museum of glass next to the Space Needles called the Chuhuli Museum. There's this one part of it that's very open. It's all glass. The building is glass. And then it has these incredible glass structures in it. And it's, you go in and you're like, wow, you're just enlivened, inspired, open up. And there's so many museums, so many museums all over the world that are like that. If you walk through those, you feel uplifted and inspired and opened up about 
the possibilities of humanity and what we can accomplish. Wow, that's given me and such a new way to look at buildings. I mean, I, I like buildings as well, but yeah, just when I go back through, I'm going to definitely know what the, that last sentence. I got, I got a bachelor's degree. I studied art history. That's how I know about these places. All right. There's my education at work, but it's true though. If you go to museums and look at the architecture and how does it make you feel when you're walking in that building? It's not just what you're looking at. It's how does the building make you feel? Yes, yes. And that's the that's the chi flow through that building affecting your energy in your body and in your energy system. Brilliant. One of your most inspiring songs. You know, it's so sad because I don't know the names of these songs. It's really funny. There's some science fiction shows on Netflix and some of the music it doesn't have lyrics. It just the tones, it's the keys. When you listen to some of these songs, you're like, "Wow, that And it just moves me. There's a composer. Her name's Constance Stemby. She's one of my favorites. She's a metaphysical composer. She has some amazing music. And if you haven't heard her stuff, I recommend it. And I couldn't just say one song because she invented an instrument called the space. It has an incredible range of tones. And her music is amazing to me because it really activates and opens up your consciousness. I definitely recommend if you can get a hold of her music. It's, It's incredible. What was her surname again? Oh, I'll just spell that. C-O-N, Constance, S-T-A-N-C-E, and Demby, and it's D-E-M-B-Y. And the name of that instrument that she invented? It's the space bass. Space bass. Oh, thank you. Yes. The last quick fire inspiration is your most inspiring aspect of travel. It's everything from food to culture to attitude to getting a different perspective on your life based on how you see other people live their lives. It's creativity, looking at people's art from different places. You know, the attitude thing is really important. I think it's really important for people to get out of what their normal life is and go experience something else. I did go to the Amazon in 20 years ago, 2001, I went. And when you go down to the lungs of the world, you go and you're like a 30-day walk from any sign of civilization. It takes you three planes to get there. Well, more than that, you take a few jets, Then you take a plane that holds about 15 people. And then you take a plane that holds like four people and you land on a mud runway hacked out of the jungle by machetes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're in a village where they have maybe 10 or 15 things that Westerners or people in a first or second world countries would have. And they have nothing else. They built their hut with their bare hands And it takes them 20 years to build the roof because it's so intricately tied. And you're in that kind of life and you're seeing how people live their lives and you work with or interact with people like that. That definitely gives you a different perspective on your life. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. That's wonderful. And about how important the Amazon is, how it's important for us to save that and keep that. You know, that needs to change because the last 15 years in Brazil have not been good to the rainforest and we need to do something about it. So, I mean, it will definitely inspire you to take action when you see how other people live their lives and what they do and how they experience life. Yeah, thank you. That's brilliant. I'm going to the Caribbean soon. I'm going to the Caribbean. I haven't been there in about 43 years or so, and I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant. I hope you enjoy that. Right, we're coming to the last couple of questions. What's most right in the world? What's most right in the world? People who treat each other with love, compassion, and creativity. And we see it everywhere. We see it when people are building houses. We have a thing called Habitat for Humanity in the US, and they, I think they go to other countries yeah, as well. Yeah, I think we have it, yes. Right? People donate building materials, and then other people donate their time. And then they go to different, I'm pretty sure they go all over the world, and they build homes for people. 
That's inspiring. People changing their businesses to meet the needs of suffering, like I talked about earlier. Teachers ed- educating children. I mean, the things that that my son's teachers did last year, I mean, they were grading papers at midnight at three in the morning. I mean, it was insane. Like these people were incredible. Their dedication to their charges. You know, people just looking out for each other, showing kindness toward each other. And I also, the other thing is when people truly listen to each other, you know, it's hard to listen to people who disagree with you. And it's hard to imagine how, what they're thinking could possibly make any sense sometimes. And I think listening is really important Yeah, because we have to learn how to get along with each other. And so listening is something that's right in the world. And those are all expressions of love in my view. Expressions of love. Beautiful. And what's the next book on your reading list? (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm a single parent and because I am doing a lot of support, I don't get a lot of reading time. But I actually, and you're going to laugh, I'm going on vacation. I'm going on vacation by myself. I'm not taking my kid with me because I need a break. I'm not reading like a romance novel or a mystery or a spy novel. I'm reading a book called How to Talk to Your Kids So Your Kids Will Listen. (laughs) Because my kid's going to be 13 in a few months. (laughs) So that's my reading, my next exciting reading book on my list. No, that's brilliant. That's great that you're at that stage of the journey and you're doing what I'm guessing your intuition says, yeah, would be good. (laughs) Thank you. I'm trying to make, you know, the parenting experience the best I can for myself and my child. So that's what I'm doing. I don't know how much I'll get read on vacation, but it's a long flight, so I'll probably get a few hours in at least. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's beautiful. And you mentioned before how people should get in touch with you. So I'm guessing I'll just put those in the show notes unless there's anything else you want to add on contact. Sure. An easy way for people to reach me is arielhubbard.com. That's www.arielhubbard.com. They can find me on Clubhouse if they search for Ariel Hubbard, same spelling, They can get me on Twitter at Ariel Hubbard. They can get me on Instagram at Ariel Hubbard. They can find me on Facebook on Hubbard Education Group. And I do have a book coming out. And if they want information on that, they can reach me. Again, you guys can connect with me by going to my website. And there's uh, my uh, cell phone numbers there. You can text me. Are you allowed to tell us the title of your new book? Yes, I am. I'm going to be releasing it in a few months. It's called The Empowered Woman's Guide to online dating, set your BS tolerance to zero. It is a very direct educational experience about real experiences I've had online, how to vet people, how to know when there are scammers or people trying to take advantage of you. And I also talk about really important vetting questions. I talk about not just vetting questions. I talk about decisions that people have to make when they're dating and how to learn about themselves, what they want and need, and then how to be safe. And I will warn people, it is very sassy. It is very spicy. And the conversations, which some of them are quite, I mean, they're very real. Those are all real conversations I've had with people online. And I put them in there as examples. So women will know what they will be experiencing when they get online. And that you should know that ahead of time. If you haven't dated in the last one to three years, you should get on and reach out to me and get my book because there are things you should know. Dating is not like it was even five years ago, much less 15 or 20. So there are things you need to be aware of so that you are safe and protected when you're dating. So that's my book. I wrote that during the pandemic when I wasn't able to work. That's what I did. I wanted to make a contribution to people. So that's what I did. And it's coming out soon. I will have it and it will be digital. So you can get it from anywhere in the world. It's going to be great. 
Thanks so much for that wealth of wisdom. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Ariel, for such wise insights and two doses of top 10 hits of inspiration. One, get inspired by the power of art and music to bring people together. Two, get inspired by how many acts of giving Ariel was aware of. I miss so many. Three, get inspired how you might be able to make your pet feel more wellness by helping to clear out their auric energy field. Four, get inspired that your pet can intuitively know where in your body you might have less than good energy and it can point it out and even might absorb some of it for you. Five, when people say you light up a room or that something lights you up, it's your auric energy field showing your happiness. What lights you up? What makes you light up a room? Six, dedication, discipline and perseverance. On top of following intuition plus taking action is a winning formula for transferring into results. Seven, real empowerment comes from how we respond to our situations. If you're not in the best spot, Ariel would ask, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? Respond if possible, rather than being stuck in emotional reaction. Eight, letting go of something might be the best response in some situations. Nine, get inspired by the future of space tourism possibilities. Ten, get inspired by forest bathing, letting nature clear out your energy and hugging trees. Eleven, it's amazing how inspiring buildings can feel inspiring because of their ability to affect the flow of life force key energy, particularly enlivening museum architecture that can open you up and inspire you about the possibilities of humanity and what we can accomplish. 12. Get out to a different location with a different attitude on life, just so you can get a different perspective. And finally, 13. Get inspired by a space base. Thanks for joining us today. And we've launched our Patreon supporters group. Head over to the Patreon link in the show notes to find video versions of some of our podcasts and the Secrets to Success bonus section that our some of our guests have kindly given us. See you there. Thanks for continuing to follow us on this growing journey of inspiration and inclusion. I really appreciate your company. Go leave us a review on iTunes if you feel some inspiration from today. And of course, I'd love you to share us. If you want to get in touch, our email address is in the show notes, together with links from today's episode. Watch out for next week's episode, where we'll be speaking to Sean Davis, founder and host of the High Performance Academy and co-founder of Urban Homes. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.